Hello and welcome to The Lineup from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Ladies and gentlemen, we take you now by transcription behind the scenes of a police headquarters in a great American city, where under the cold, glaring lights will pass before us the innocent, the vagrant, the thief, the murderer. This is The Lineup. Well, I got Mr. Forbes over there. I didn't think there was much need of it, but he wanted to come in. Well, it'll give you something to do. Yeah. I got started taking care of Little Rock, sending someone out to pick him up. No trouble? No. He finally calmed down. Mm. You gonna stick around? Yeah, might as well. Yeah, here. May I have your attention, please? You people out there on the other side of the wire in the audience room, may I have your attention, please? Thank you. My name is Cogger, Sergeant Pete Cogger. I'll explain the lineup to you. Each of the suspects you will see will be numbered. I'll call off a number, their name, and chart. If you have any questions or identifications, please remember the number assigned to the prisoner as I call his name. If you're sure or not too sure of the suspect, have him held. The questions I ask these suspects are merely to get a natural tone of voice, so do not pay too much attention to their answers as they often lie. All right, bring on the line. Okay, boys, move it. Right over here at the end of the stage. Let's go, we have a lot of work to do. Now turn and face the screen. Hands at your sides and look straight ahead, straight out through the screen. You, number three, stand still. Yes, sir, I'm, I'm trying to. Okay, now when I call out your number, step out. Keep facing front and talk up so everybody can hear you. There are a lot of people out there. I want them to get a good look at you and be able to hear what you say. So stand up and talk up. Okay, number one. D- just a second. Number three, uh, Cole, what's your trouble? It's a fly, Sergeant. He keeps landing on my head. <laughs> That's a shame. Well, you've got hair. wouldn't bother you none. Okay, cool. Looks like Pete's got himself one, a comic. Robert Fuller, <laughs> yeah. Grand Theft Auto. Where do you live, Fuller? Uh, over on 8th Street, uh, 5400 East. Hotel? Yes, it's a hotel. How long you been in town? Well, about three days, more or less. Don't you know? Well, what difference does it make? It's three days. Are you folks out there hearing? Uh, okay, Fuller, speak up. How long you been in town? Three days. Where'd you come from? Uh, Illinois, Springfield. You ever been arrested before? You mean here? Anywhere. Well, back there, I was arrested a couple of times. What kind of a car were you picked up in? A 51 Pontiac. Anyone with you? No. Have any friends here in town? No. Where'd you get the car you were picked up in? What are you asking me so many questions for? You know where I got the car or stole it. Okay, Fuller, step back. Number two, Albert Wilson, robbery. Where do you live, Wilson? 1330 Arlington Avenue. How long you lived there? Well, must be nearly four years. You ever been in trouble before? No, sir. What happened last night? I got into trouble. Now we know. How did it happen? We needed some extra money. We figured the whole thing out. Jimmy and I had never been in trouble before. We just made a mistake. Jimmy? Yeah, Jimmy Swain. You must have him there on the list. James Swain? Yeah. He's right down there. Uh, one, two, three, four. Six, number six. You married? Yes, sir. Both Jimmy and I got wives. 
That's what's worrying us most. They ain't gonna like this. You own a car? Nope. That's what we wanted the money for. We was aiming to buy one. Where'd you live before you came here? Corpus Christi, Texas. I didn't like it down there. Okay, Wilson, step back. Number three, Charles Cole, alias Leonard Colton, alias Curly Colby. Assault and battery. Come on, Cole, step out. Where do you live, Cole? In an apartment, 1632 Lawndale, apartment 204. How long you lived there? About four months. You married? My mother-in-law lives with us. Am I married? Ha! <laughs> <laughs> you and your mother-in-law get along? Oh, yeah, we get along. She's a good old dame. You and your friend ought to try and get along as well. Up until this afternoon, I've been a real good boy. Who started it? I didn't, that's for sure. Been keeping myself clean ever since I came here from Chicago. How long you been in town? You know, Sergeant, you got it all down there. Six years I've been here. I'm all paid up back there. I'm an honest man now. What happened today? Well, there was nothing for you guys to come in on. It was just something personal between this friend of mine and me. Your friend is in the hospital. He's got 14 stitches across the top of his head. He's still unconscious. He's been unconscious for years. I'm sorry I hit him so hard, but he had it coming. What'd he do? Oh, he was playing snooker, see? Me and Sammy. That's his name, Sammy. Been playing snooker on our lunch hour for a long time now. Lately, he's been yapping at me about my bald head all through the games. I could take a ribbon as good as the next guy, but he wouldn't let up. When he chalked up his cue and he made like he was going to put my head in the corner pocket, I got sore. I wrapped him a good one with the pool cue. Okay, Cole. Hey, Sergeant, did, uh, did they shave his head to put in them stitches? I imagine. Good. I wonder how he likes it being bald. Okay, step back. I get sore all over again just thinking about it. I've been staying in line for six years and a bald head like that louses me That's up. enough. I'm sorry, but it... All right. Number four, Frank Castro, open charge. Uh, what's Castro doing? Where do you live, Castro? Mm, that's what we'd like to know. Yeah, we tell us I've been in You talk to him yet? No. Is Manali in town too? Not town. that we know of. Uh, tell Pete to bring Castro up when he gets through the line. Right now. Here's Castro, Ben. Oh, thanks, Pete. Have a chair, Castro. What for? I'm in a hurry. Yeah, you can spare a few minutes. You're getting old, I'll humor you. Thanks. You know, Guthrie, this is a waste of time. I got nothing to say to you. How are things in Indianapolis? Well, you tell me. I ain't been there for two months. Mm, where have you been? Florida, Vegas. Do any good? Mm, little. Made what your salary would be for a couple of years. <clears throat> Seen Manelli lately? Why should I tell you? Because I asked you. Have you seen Manelli? No. You know where he is? No. You want him, why don't you find him? I didn't say we wanted him. That's right, you didn't. How long are you planning on staying in town? I don't know. I, I'm on a vacation. Might move here. We don't want you here, Castro. I didn't ask you. As long as I keep clean, I don't even have to say hello to you. That's right, Castro. As long as you keep clean. Now, let you and me get a few things straight, Guthrie. I've done enough time in Indiana. I don't plan on getting sent up here. I'm straight now. I don't care if you believe it or not. As far as you're concerned, I'm just a plain citizen. I got a paper that says I'm paid up. When I get out of line, you come after me. But be sure it's me that's out of line when you come. I don't like you, Guthrie. I never have. So don't start pushing me around. I'm impressed, Castro. 
That's practically the same speech you made five years ago. Now you get this straight. Guys like you never have scared me. You get out of line just once and you've had it. This town is in pretty good shape and you or nobody else is going to get a chance to start operating. If I have anything to do with it, you'll be put away for a lot longer than five years next time. I'm tired, Guthrie. I'm going to find myself a hotel down by the beach where the air's good. Stinks around here. Sit down, Castro. I'm not through with you. Lieutenant Guthrie. Quiet, Ben. I'm in communications. What'd you get? Just got an answer from Indianapolis. Castro is clean there. Okay, thanks. Get out, Castro. Oh, you really ought to go with us, Ben. Do you good. Oh, Pete, you know I never did like picnics. Well, Asher and his family are gone. Lots of fried chicken, potato salad. Well, that part sounds good. <laughs> Even if you don't like picnics, the food's worth it. <laughs> I suppose. I'll let you know, Pete. Yeah, I hope you can make it. Uh, maybe. Uh, oh, anything new on the Younger case? Well, I'm still at that end. Quine's running a check on the building employees now. Whoever pulled it must have had help from the inside. Everything went off too smooth. And when they start to peddle the stuff, they'll be wide open. Yeah, we hope. Want some coffee? No, I don't think so. Castro been behaving himself? Sure. He always does for a while. You know where he is? No. When we finally get a line on Manelli, we know where he's living. Hi, Ben. Hey. Hi. Hi, Quine. Here's a report on the employees in the younger case. Oh, anything? I doubt it. The janitor, Vern Harrison, he's got a record. Served two years on a burglary charge in Indiana. Mm-hmm. Well, that's where Castro and Manelli are from. Well, this sort of thing is out of their line. They're not stick-up men. Well, he checked with the building superintendent. Harrison's been a good employee. He's worked there three years. Mm. Did you talk to Harrison? No, I thought you'd want to. How old is he? 63. Superintendent swears by him. He said he knew about his record, but he was convinced he was okay. Well, it won't do any harm to talk with him. Want to have him picked up? No. Uh, let's go for a ride, Pete. The time, December 26th, 1944. The place, a battlefield in Belgium. The 4th Armored Division was fighting to break through to the besieged 101st Airborne Division at Bastogne. When the unit of Sergeant James Hendricks was stalled by fire from artillery and small arms, he climbed down from his half-track and started toward two troublesome 88-millimeter guns. By fierce rifle fire, he caused the gun crews to surrender. Later in the battle, Hendricks left his vehicle once again to help two wounded soldiers who lay helpless in a blaze of machine gun fire. He silenced two machine guns and held off other attackers until the wounded men could be moved to safety. When another soldier was trapped in a burning half-track, Hendricks raced to his aid through heavy fire. As ammunition exploded in the burning vehicle, Hendricks pulled the wounded man from the half-track and extinguished his flaming clothing. Another American fighting man had been saved by the heroism of James Hendricks. Later... The Medal of Honor was awarded to the courageous sergeant. James Hendricks of Lepanto, Arkansas, who asked not what his country could do for him, but what he could do for his country.
Mr. Harrison. Uh-huh. I'm Lieutenant Guthrie, this is Sergeant Carger. Oh, how do you do? You want to come in? Oh, thank you. Uh, uh, sit down. Thanks. Here, I'll get that paper there. Oh. Well, I'm glad you came by now. The wife isn't home. You want a beer? No, no thanks. Oh, okay. You fellas are working on that younger case, aren't you? I figured somebody would be around. I, I got a record, and that's as good a place as any for you to start on. <laughs> Once somebody has a record, you fellas never let us forget it. Oh, don't get me wrong. I don't blame you none. I'd do the same thing if I was you. Well, it's not only you. All the employees are being checked, Mr. Harrison. Oh, sure, I know. Yeah, it's your job to do this. You know Mr. Younger? Yes, I know him. I never figured him for a guy with that much in diamonds laying around, though. He has a good business going there, but I, I didn't know it was that good. Uh, what hours do you work? Uh, one to nine. I was here at home when it happened. Well, we don't think you robbed, Mr. Younger, but uh, we do think whoever did had help from the inside. Well, could be. All I'm interested in is being left alone, keeping my job. Uh, if you didn't have anything to do with this, there's nothing to worry about, Harrison. Yeah. Well, of course, I'm not a young man anymore, and it's kind of tough to get started. But I was lucky. I, I got a good, steady job. We... Just bought this house here last year. The wife's been working, and we're paying it off as fast as we can. We're saving every extra nickel we can get our hands on, but kind of late to be starting in like this. But uh, in a few more years, we'll be okay, I guess. You ever run into anybody out here you did time with back in Indiana? Mm, well, no, no. Nobody would pull a job like this. Did you ever know Frank Castro or Anthony Manelli back there? Yeah. Yes. Yes, I did. They... They was doing time when I was. Uh, I never knew them very well. I got out before they did. Mm -hmm. They're both in town now. You haven't seen them? Yeah, it's no use lying to you. I suppose you'd find out anyway if you wanted. Yeah, I saw them both a couple of weeks ago. Want to send out a pickup on Manelli? If he isn't home, we will. You no, know, it still doesn't figure. This sort of thing is out of both Manelli's and Castro's line. Could be they're broke. Well, maybe. One, two, one, two, one, two, one, four. Yeah, there it is. Uh, Manelli's not very broke living in a place like this. No. Let's see. Lee Kimball. Manelli, 107, Ben. Uh-huh. Hello, Manelli. Remember Sergeant Carger? Yeah, sure. I want to talk to you. This a pinch? No. That's good. Okay, come on in. Sit down. You want a drink? No, thanks. Castro was telling me you and him had a run-in, Lieutenant. You might call it that. I don't pay too much attention to Frank. He flies off the handle once in a while. No, no. You seen him? No, not for about a week. And where is he? How should I know? He don't live with me. What are you doing for a living? Nothing. How do you pay your rent? Frank lent me some money. Why? Just wondered. Well, looks like I might have to go to work. <laughs> you, you know, you guys ought to help me rehabilitate myself. You know Vern Harrison? Mm, Vern Harrison. Where's he from? Indiana. Vern Harrison. 
No, I don't think so. What did he do? Nothing recently that we know of. You sure you don't know him? I don't know him by name. I might if I seen him. Frank may know. I know a lot of guys by seeing them, but I don't know their names. You know how it is. Yeah, I know. He knows you, Manelli. Well, it could be. He said he talked to you a couple of weeks ago. So? Well, maybe he did. I don't remember his name. I ain't saying that I know him, but what if I do? What's so important about him? He's a janitor in the building where Younger was held up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I read some of the papers about that. Hey, now, wait a minute. You trying to tie me and Frank in with that Harrison guy on a sticker? Maybe. What, are you ribbing me or something? What night was Younger held up? I didn't say it was at night. The paper did. It was four nights ago. Uh, I was with a girl I know, Frances Longworth. 1644 East Blake, apartment three. You can check with her. We will. You better come along with us, Manelli. What for? Hey, I thought you said this wasn't a pinch. I wasn't sure it would be. As soon as he regained consciousness, he asked for you, Ben. And when was he brought in, Doc? Two hours ago. He's in pretty bad shape. Skull fracture, cuts and bruises. Who found him? His wife, I guess. She's been around here. Look, you'd better not stay too long. Mr. Harrison. Mr. Harrison? Mr. Harrison? I don't know, Ben. Mr. Harrison? Yes, Oh, hello, Lieutenant. I got to talk to you. Yes? Right after you left me, he came to see me. Who? I told him... Uh, well, I didn't say anything, but... Who came to see you? I just wanted to be left alone. He said he'd kill me. Uh, I'm too old for fighting. I, I told him... Uh, I didn't tell him anything. Who was it, Mr. Harrison? I met met him, like I told you, only, only I told him where I work and about Younger, and they threatened me then. Castro and Manelli? Yes. I don't know where Manelli was. He, he meant to kill me. He said he'd make sure I kept quiet. Castro and... Uh, Castro, he's... Castro beat you up? Yes, that's... That's all I had to do with it. I... I, I was home. I, I... I should have told, maybe, but I... So... That's uh, enough for now, Ben. Okay. Is he, Doctor? Uh, you're Mrs. Harrison? Yes, how is he? We're doing everything that can be done. Poor Vern. He's tried, but... Oh, here, here, Mrs. Harrison, sit down. Oh, thank you. I'll be all right. If you could answer a few questions, I'd appreciate it, Mrs. Harrison. I'm Lieutenant Guthrie. All right. If it'll help any. Well, tell me, uh, did you see anybody leave your house? No. I just came home from work, and there Vern was. Uh, did he tell you anything then? No. He was unconscious. I called the ambulance. Vern never had enemies. Uh, Mr. Harrison never mentioned anyone by the name of Castro or Manelli to you? A couple of weeks ago, he did. I told him he'd better not have anything to do with them. Vern knew them back home. Yes, I know. 
they did this to Vern? Your husband told me one of them did, Castro. I don't know them. Vern told me he'd seen them at the wrestling matches. I told Vern then that... <laughs> Is there anyone you'd like me to call? No. Can't I see him? I, uh, I don't think you'd better right now. He's got a sister in Missouri. I should call her. But I can't now. I don't know what to do. We don't have anything those men would want. Why didn't they leave us alone? Ah, <laughs> uh, that Frances Longworth sticks with her story, Ben. Mm. And Ellie was with her all evening. They didn't go anywhere, stayed home and watched television. Anyone to substantiate her story? No, I checked with other people in the building. Nobody saw Manelli come in or leave. How long did he stay? Till about one in the morning, she said. You can always buy that kind of an alibi. We'll see what Manelli has to say about Harrison now. Yeah, Ben. Uh, bring him in, Quine. Right. We should have run both of them out of town. If only it were that easy. Manelli, Ben. Thanks. Sit down. Sure. Might as well stick around, Quine. Which one of you guys has got the rubber hose? Why don't you level with us, Manelli? Okay, what do you want to know? Where's Castro? I don't know. Where were you on the night Younger was held up? With my girlfriend. I told you, you can check with her. We did. I just came from there. So? She knows her story. Well, what's she supposed to do? Lie? That's the trouble. I think she did. You don't think I was there. I say I was. I got a witness. What do you got? What did you do all evening? I told you once. I'd like to hear it. You never told me. Well, that's tough. We have lots of time, Manelli. I got over to Fran's house about eight. Did you have dinner at her place? No. Where? What difference does it make? Where? The open door over on Arlington. When did you leave there? About 7.30. You went straight to Miss Longworth's place from there? Yeah. What did you do all evening? Watch television and talk. Did you have anything to drink? I had a couple. A couple of what? I had a couple of beers. What'd you talk about? Oh, come on now, fellas. I don't know what we talked about. We just talked. What time did you leave her apartment? About 1.30, I guess. You went to your apartment? Sure. 1.30 in this town. Any other place to go. You haven't any idea where we can find Castro? No. Where'd you see him last? At a restaurant. The Salerno. How long ago was this? About three weeks. Is that when you borrowed the money? Yeah. How much did you borrow? $700. You had 600 on you when you picked me up. All right, so I had 600 when you picked me up. You live three weeks and a hundred dollars? I got lucky at the track. Where did Castro get his money? I don't know where he got his money. Why don't you ask him? Tell us where he is and we will. I told you, I don't know where he is. Where's your girlfriend from? I don't know where she's from. How long you known her? I knew her back east. How long ago? About seven years ago, I guess. I, I don't know for sure. <laughs> Castro know anyone else in town? I don't know. How often do you go to the racetrack? Whenever I feel like it. How often? A couple of times a week. You ever go to the wrestling matches? Yeah. Very often? I've been a few times. You ever see anybody there you know? Sure. Who? Ed Peak, Johnny Lewis. Want a cigarette? I got my own. Yeah. Vern Harrison goes to the wrestling matches. 
you see Harrison at the wrestling matches? No. Where'd you see him? I didn't see him. Harrison, 63 years old, 5 foot 7, 155 pounds, slightly bald, gray hair. He did time with you and Castro back in Indiana. I know, you told me, remember? Look, do you mind if I have a drink of water? No, okay. Harrison is dead. So what? Castro beat him up, killed him. Get Castro, don't tell me about it. Harrison told me about meeting you and Castro at the wrestling matches. That he gave you information about Younger. Castro was afraid Harrison would talk and took it on himself to shut him up. Where is he, Manelli? What good will it do me? I ought to get some kind of a break. 2509 East Hendrick, apartment 203. T67. 507 at 58 Yeah. T23. A 459 at 1. Are you going on that picnic with us? Uh, that should be quiet. Who's he bringing? Randall. Hi. Hi. Turn that thing off, will you, Pete? No. You and Randall cover the rear. Ash and Morgan the back. There's a fire escape. May try to use it. Right. Don't take any chances. Pete and I'll go in. You take care. Guthrie, Castro. What do you want? You're under arrest, Castro. For what? Murder. Uh, the middle of the night ain't the time for jokes. This is no joke. Get your clothes on. Harrison is dead. That's supposed to mean something to me? He talked before he died. Oh? Go ahead. Make a break. Frankly, I'd like you to. He couldn't have talked. He did. Get us close, Pete. You're 35, Castro. Harrison was 63. You're really tough. It was Manelli's fault. He was broke. He said if we did something out of our line, it would work. Yeah. You two are a lousy combination, Castro. He's stupid and you're a coward. Get dressed. Yeah... I guess I need a change, Pete. I'll go to that picnic. The lineup, where before you passed the innocent, the vagrant, the thief, the murderer. Listen next Wednesday when we again bring you the lineup. Carter, Sergeant Pete Carter. I'll explain the lineup to you. Each of the suspects you will see will be numbered. I'll call up a number that may be charged. You have any questions? The lineup, starring Bill Johnstone as Lieutenant Ben Guthrie, with Jack Moyles as Sergeant Pete Carter, was written by David M. Light, with music composed and conducted by Eddie Dunstetter. 
Featured in tonight's cast were High Everback, Bob Sweeney, Howard McNear, Sidney Miller, Jay Novello, Stacey Harris, and Virginia Gregg. The lineup was transcribed in Hollywood by Jaime Del Valle. Lineup has come to you through the worldwide facilities of the United States Armed Forces Radio and Television Service.